Hi, you guys, and welcome back to episode seven of the Anathana Run podcast. I've been looking forward to this conversation with Amanda Brooks for months, and I am so excited we finally carved out the time to chat. I heard about Amanda from one of my other favorite podcasts, I'll Have Another with Lindsay Hine. In my conversation with Amanda, we talk all about how we both started running, our favorite distance to race, and how she even sort of pitched me on doing a triathlon. Sort of. Most exciting, though, we discuss FastZack, a running app created by Amanda herself. FastZack is a running or walking route generator that can create a route for you depending on the distance you want to run or walk and your points of interest. Amanda will tell you all about it in just a few minutes. Before we jump in, I wanted to thank everyone who has been subscribing and listening to the podcast. I'm having such a blast doing it, and I'm so happy to share it with you. And now is the time I ask you all ever so nicely to please leave me a rating and review on iTunes. I am constantly thinking of new ideas and guests and looking to improve the technology I use for the show. So any feedback is amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And please enjoy my conversation with Amanda. Hi, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's so nice to finally connect. I know. I'm so excited. I've been looking forward to this all week, and I'm so sorry I had to reschedule. It's just been such a like juggling act going back to work and everything. So I can't even imagine. I know your plate is full, and uh, with the injury and and the whole bit, no no worries at all. Oh, good. And I'm so happy uh, we're finally talking, and it's springtime. I feel like we connected when it was way back before even Fast Act launched. So time flies. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, back in January. So I was trying to think of, of how we got in touch to begin with. So you are correct before we even launched. Yeah, I um, I heard you when I started listening to Lindsay Hines's podcast, which I love. And yes, um, and I had kind of started so I started listening to her podcast. It had to have been like late November, December. And okay. um, I, I don't know if at that point you had been a new guest or I know that there was at some point I just was commuting so much that I started going back through her podcasts and I stumbled upon yours and I remember just like having my notepad open the entire conversation just like jotting down things you guys were talking about so I I love you you make me sound much more interesting than I actually am (laughs) that's not true Um, no I think I was a guest with Lindsay like maybe in November or December um, and a friend had put us in touch so you would have been probably about the same time you started listening got it okay cool um so let's kick this off what is let's do it where you're from and what do you do every day Uh, Let's see. So my name is Amanda Brooks, and I am from Mansfield, Ohio, which is right in between Cleveland and Columbus. And I live currently in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I've been here since 97. And I know every day. What do I do every day? I hustle my kids uh, to wherever they need to go. And then I come to my desk job which is entirely unrelated to FASAC. Um, it is in a law firm where I work in accounting and HR and building management. And you have a background in family therapy, That is that right? 
I do. I have a background in family therapy. So again, a, a, a huge departure. Um, my family therapy has nothing to do with my day job and my day job has nothing to do with FASAC. That's so great. I feel like that is, honestly, that's very important to have these completely different worlds because then one doesn't overlap onto the other. And I don't know, like my like running life and my work life are totally different. And yeah. And it's, it's great to, you know, between working hours when I'm at the office, I completely devote myself to what I'm doing there. And then what I loved about running is that there's so, there's so much going on in that community where you can literally have your own secret life. (laughs) Oh my gosh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, It's, it's such an embracing community and it's so um, large and um, effervescent, I guess is the best word that there's just there's never an opportunity not to do something running related. It's, it's everywhere. Exactly. Um, so how did you get into running? I, I know from Lindsay's podcast, you were a diver, right? And then you started running in school. Yeah, absolutely. So I was a diver. I started diving when I was, I don't know, maybe 10 years old. And that was always kind of my primary sport. Um, but it must have been in middle school or so that I started um, developing kind of a love for running. And it probably started as just a training exercise. Um, And then I must have been recruited somehow to the freshman high school team. I'm still not certain how that even came about. Uh, But I just fell in love with cross-country running and kind of that trail running community and had such an amazing team that it was, it just became a love and it developed from there. And I've always, you know, done the the running regardless of if I were diving or working or having kids, it's always kind of been something that's, that's been an ebb and flow in my background. That's great. I love that. And so do you, are you a marathon runner? What's your favorite distance? Um, you know, that's funny that you ask. I was a marathon runner and I've done some triathlete triathlons. Um, I've been working with a coach and I, I told her, you know, very adamantly that I was going to be a 5k runner again. And I'm finding that I think maybe a 10k or a 10 mile is my better distance. Mm -hmm. And I haven't really proven that out on an actual, um, race yet. But in most of my training runs, it takes me a good mile and a half to two miles to warm up to a point where I can drop speed. Um, So I I feel like the 5K just might be a little too short for me and a little too painful. Yeah, I haven't. So I I ran cross country in high school and I did some track, but it was, I mean, I say I did it, but it was... 80% 80% for the social aspect of it. Oh, like, gosh, yeah. Oh, my God. Like, I don't... Uh, uh, you couldn't pay me. If you had $1,000 on the line, I wouldn't be able to tell you, like, what my time was for the sure. $1,600. Um, so, so then after, after high school, I kind of just forgot about it. And then my senior year of college, I ran a 5K with some friends for um, a sorority charity fundraiser sure. or something. And... I was like, oh, okay. Well, one, that was really hard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and two, I wonder what it feels like to run this really fast. And then yeah. ever since then, I, I've ran a few 5Ks, and 
every time I've been like, that is so much harder than just going, like, going on a 10-mile race or, like, even sometimes a half marathon because you're just in so much pain for such a concentrated amount of time. Um, I agree. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, it's like a dream of mine to PR in the 5K because I'm like, okay, when you step aside from it, it's just three miles. Like, you can do this. But then on the other hand, you're like, it's three miles of pure torture. So, and that, yeah. And that's just it. It's like you're in it and it's, it's from the get go that you have to move at that speed. There's no like ease into it. And it, you know, I've tried to tell myself the same thing. It's just three miles. It's, it's not even a half hour, um, but it, it burns. There is a burn there that I do not enjoy. Um, (laughs) it's, and so, you know, I think, I'm, I'm probably slightly delusional because what I think my high school time is and what it probably was are, are probably very different, but I'm trying to recapture those times and I don't know that I have it in me to, to push through that pain. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? The 10K and the 10 mile, like now that you say that, are super sweet distances. I feel like the... Last year I ran a ton because I was doing um, the 9 plus 1 program for New York Roadrunners. Awesome. Um, so that's when you run nine races through New York Roadrunners, volunteer at one, and that guarantees you entry into the following year's New York Marathon. So, ah. yeah, it's, I mean, it's a very smart little program they have on their hands because each of race costs, like, no less than $30, and you have to do nine of them and volunteer right. at one. So. I mean, they got a good uh, business plan on their hands. Brilliant. That's like, absolutely it is brilliant. brilliant. It is brilliant. I so, think I heard you talk to your best friend yeah. that first podcast about yeah. that. And I remember I went to the website to look because, of course, with FastSack, I'm always looking for an angle and have started to contact different races. And I thought, that is a brilliant plan. Oh, it, it really, really is. And it, it just, it honestly is a great way to stay involved like in in the running community and just New York Roadrunners has so much going on aside from running like aside from the races they have this new um if you're ever in New York you have to check it out it's this new running hub and it's this huge space on the Upper West Side right next to Central Park and you can go and drop your stuff off they have lockers you can drop your stuff off go on a run pick it up they have group runs they have speakers Um, Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's amazing. And that's like where you get all your running bibs. And then they also have like a a partnership with New Balance where you can get a bunch of, you can get fitted for shoes. You can, I mean, it's just like a whole operation. It's brilliant. Um, But what I Wow, I might have to go camp outside the door and just hand out little flyers. Oh, you, (laughs) yeah. I mean, I'll go drop them off for you. I love it there. It's like my, when I was training for the New York City half I and I had um I used to live right next to Central Park and in January I actually moved to Hoboken okay New Jersey across the river so I've had less accessibility to the park um I still have friends all over there but the New York City Roadrunners hub was just like such a perfect place where I could go after work drop off my bag go on like a four mile run pick it up go right back home to Hoboken um, so I was there constantly. Um, so they're probably like, where did this girl go? Yeah. <laughs> they're they're going to file a missing person. Yeah. I was uh, like, that's uh, amazing. I was there like two or three times a week for like a couple times. 
Um, but anyway, my point was, is um, last year we had to do a bunch of these qualifying races for this year's marathon and my favorites were the 10ks because I was like okay it's enough for me to feel like I really ran long enough but also I was running fast and also it like doesn't take up half my day and it's you know most of the time I got a medal so I was like all right like this is a great race because I don't have the anxiety of a half marathon and it's also like not as brutal as a 5k Right. And you don't have to train the long distance, which, you know, with the three kids, that's the thing that kills me is that the time you put into training and then, you know, it's not quite as bad as a triathlon where you have to be there at five in the morning, but you have to be there early. And I get, if I exert myself to that degree, I get migraines, which means I'm just done for the day. And so to have, you're right, a 10 K or a 10 mile is a much more manageable, doable distance. Yeah, I agree. Um, you say you've done triathlons, so being injured now, I'm swimming all the time. And yeah. every time I swim, I'm like, should I do a triathlon? And then, like, two laps later, I'm like, oh, no, I'm exhausted. But yeah. <laughs> I would love to hear your pitch on triathlons. You know, I loved them. Um, I loved swimming, which I know a lot of people don't love the swimming. Um, it's boring, but I loved that kind of exertion out in open water. And I love the running, the biking scares me to death. And that is ultimately why I opted not to do them. I mean, in addition to the, the 5am call time, um, they're a lot of fun. And if you are comfortable on a bike, I would say, go for it. Um, I'm terrified of a bike and I'm terrified of people riding really fast beside me. Yeah. So I joke with people and say that I'm really skilled at things like biking on an indoor cycle and, um, I'm really great at rowing on an indoor erg, but don't (laughs) expect me to apply that outdoors. So, um, I don't know if you follow, um, do you follow Lottie at all running on veg? Yeah. She's so she's, um, if you, you know, are on her, I don't, she doesn't have a podcast, but if you're on her Instagram page and such, she broke into the triathlon market Mm -hmm. and she would be really interesting to follow because I know she's in, I want to say the Brooklyn area and is training quite often. Um, So I can tell you I'm afraid of bikes. She would probably be an amazing person to get tips from. That's such a great call. I've actually seen her... um I've seen her, she goes, I think she goes to the same physical therapist I used to go to. I've seen her around and I actually saw her speak on someone's podcast or video show or something about, um, training and carb loading and nutrition without the, you know, the usual suspects of like pizza and pasta and all this other stuff and just how to get all that really good nutrition without bulking up on all those things, even though I love them anyway. So I'm going to, well, I'm with you. I just don't have that, you know, don't, don't eat it, restrict your diet. I, I think everything in moderation is great, For sure. but yeah, Lottie's is a, she's got a really interesting story. And I think she uh, just released a triathlon kit as well that oh, cool. she, so it's fun. Go take a look and, and definitely. Well, yeah, that sounds awesome. Um, so yeah, you're terrified of the bike part. I get, I, I would probably, well, I've never really like swam long distances in open water. So I think that right now is like the mental block for me. 
Yeah. Um, I've, I don't love riding a bike. Okay. Uh, but that being said is because the bike riding I've done in the last like five years has been, um, on like New York streets. So it's yeah. like terrifying. <laughs> That's hard. There's a lot going on on those streets and, um, yeah, I mean, the, I think the open water, do you all have the ability to swim in any open water there? I'm, I'm thinking about all of the, you know, obviously Minnesota lakes, yeah. um, you know, we, people go out and train all summer long and swim across the lakes, probably not the same accessibility in your location. Probably not. Um, obviously we have like the East river between Manhattan and Brooklyn and then the Hudson river between, uh, New Jersey and Manhattan. But yeah, that water is probably not something you want to get into. No, probably not. <laughs> probably not. So, so we got a negative check on the swimming and open waters and then the biking is, is difficult uh, you know, maybe yeah. running, just stick with running. Maybe I'll just stick with running. Maybe that's, maybe there's a, uh, something yeah. to that. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, it, it was hard for me to focus on it all. And I was the person who was, um, riding out of the chute in the wrong direction on my bike. And the, the race directors are like, you're going the wrong way. Turn around. Oh my God. Um, Oh yeah. So, you know, that was me. I'm the person with my bike helmet on backwards. Um, <laughs> I can't unclip really well from my bike, so I'm prone to just fall over. I'm, I'm probably not best suited for that market, but, but I tried. But you tried, and I think that's such a great accomplishment. And, I, I mean, I think maybe someday down the road where I'm, like, all of, when I'm, like, living in the suburbs and have lakes and stuff. Because my family's yeah. in Connecticut, so we do have some lakes around there, so... I'm sure if I put my mind to it, I could really do it, but I'm just not sure if the passion is there just yet. <laughs> exactly. And it, you know what, if it is, the time will come and you'll figure out what you love and what you don't. And, you know, after I think two, three years, I sold my road bike and went back to a mountain bike that I felt more stable on with the kids. And I tried it and it wasn't, my, it wasn't my top, top love. Yeah. Um, speaking of top loves, I want to talk all about Fast Sack. Yeah, yeah, um, that is definitely my labor of love. Yeah, so um, I'd love for you to tell us how it all started because I know this has been a project for a while now. It's It, it has been a crazy long process um, back to 2005. And so, you know, when I talk to people about Fast Sack and what we do, um, you know, it's basically a mobile app that allows you to create a route in seconds based on distance and based on landmarks and geography. And so people look at me and they say, but that's already out there. There are people doing it. And, and they're, they're right. There are people doing it and you know, what they're doing is different. But if you think back to 2005, um, you know, we're really talking before smartphones and before we had all of this type of mobile technology and apps that's kind of when we came up with the idea. And, you know, as you maybe heard on, on Lindsay's podcast, I was traveling a lot uh, with my husband and I was training a lot for marathons and I'd get to a hotel and location and I wouldn't know the area and I'd want to go out for a run. And I'm, you know, as you said, with your running, a lot of it for me is social. I want to be around people. I want to see things I need that external motivation. And 
when a concierge or someone at a hotel would just say, well, just go outside and run for 10 miles and then turn around and come back. That to me is not a very big motivator. Mm -hmm. Um, and being on a treadmill sounds horrible. And so, you know, at that point there were, there were the car GPS models that you would enter in where you wanted to go and it would route you. And so, I said to my husband, why can't there be something for runners or bikers or walkers that I go and it, it locates where I am. It knows that I'm, you know, in Minneapolis and I can tell it, I want to do a 15 mile run. And then it allows me to select, you know, points of interest. If I'm in, you know, New York city and I want to do a 15 mile run and I want to see the statue of Liberty then why can't I tell something to do that? And then it comes back at me with a route that gives me turn-by-turn voice navigation. So at that point in time, there really, there wasn't anything. And so we kind of started down the path of figuring out what was out there and what we could do. Um, And my husband being a patent attorney was able to do a lot of the research for me and draft a patent that we then submitted to the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office and ended up with a patent um, on the the technology that's behind FASAC. So it's now taken, I mean, 2005, we're now 2017. Um, It was last year, about this time that we started to develop it, where we finally felt like we had the time and bandwidth and funding that we could sit down with a group that had the right technology and figure out how can we, we make this work. That's great. And so since you launched in January, what has been the general consensus or feedback on this app? Just because there are similar tools out there. I yeah. don't think there's an identical tool out there. So I'm curious to see like what have, uh, excuse me, <clears throat> runners been saying about that. You know, we get a lot of really good feedback. It's hard to, compete with the incumbent. And um, it's hard to launch in the market when you have spent all of the money to develop the technology and then you have to um, follow up with the marketing. So the people that we have uh, presented it to and the people that are using it really like it. It's a a much more vibrant tool. And sure, I'm biased. Um, you know, I love the maps that we generate. Um, we are only mobily based. And what kind of separates us is your ability to enter the distance. Um, it's locating you where you are. It's not somebody else's route. And it's not um, somebody else's location. And when you go in and you enter your distance, it then gives you um, a list of geographic features, landmarks, parks, and trails that are in your area. So if you are unfamiliar with the area, you can then select those and your route is generated based on things that you might want to see when you're out there. So it's great for runners, but it's also perfect for a walker or a biker, um, you know, for a family who's traveling, who wants to see the sites in Boston and knows they can only handle a three, you know, a three mile route. Um, so it's, you know, where we're really trying to differentiate ourselves is that it's, it's distance, it's geography, and it's not somebody else's route. It's, it's your customized route that you want to take on any given day with voice navigation. That's great. 
Can you um, save your route? So, like, say I went on a 12-mile run in Paris, and I love... Or let's let's keep it to the U.S. Say I went on a 12-mile run in New York. Mm-hmm. Which sometimes can be hard um, in the city because, aside from Central Park and maybe either side of the island, there isn't a lot of this open space to run. There's so much foot traffic. So, say I figured out a great 12-mile loop um, can I save that and like share that t- to, you know, either my friends on Facebook or Instagram? Yes. Um, yes and no. So at present, no. Uh, in a month, yes. Um, <laughs> yes. The um, the dev team that we're working with is um, currently building and implementing some of the the new features that we're really excited about. Um, one of them is the ability to save your route. So just as you say, I've, you know, requested a dense distance. I've said what I want to see. It generates a route. Um, we have an edit feature now that kind of shows you the behind the scenes of the route that you can go in and move things around and rework the route and the direction. So you get your 12 mile route, uh, you run it and you love it. And then you have the ability to save it. Um, We are also working on a kind of a social media integration and uh, what we're calling route share as well that, you know, again, you've created this route that you love, you want to share it with a friend, then you have the ability to do that. Um, And then the additional feature is what we're calling route plan that I'm standing in New York, I'm going to Boston in two weeks, and I want to plan my route and see what exists in advance and all the the geographic features around. So you'll have the ability then to do that um, with this next iteration of the app. That's really cool. That's, I mean, that's essentially what I do now for uh, when I plan my long runs, I usually get in front of, map my run, and I like try to visualize exactly where I'm going to start and exactly where I want to end. And I kind of, it's kind of like trial and error. I'm like, oh, well, does that give me seven miles? Oh no, that's only five and a half. Okay, well maybe I can take a turn in here. And then after right. that, I sometimes I save it. I don't like to run too many apps when I'm running just because if I'm out there for a long time, my phone might die and obviously I'm gonna like stop and take pictures. So I have to I don't wanna run like my Strava and my Map My Run and my Instagram and my podcast app all at the same time. So um then I'll like screenshot it and send it to myself and like kinda try to memorize it. So it's a very hacky way. Um, right. So FastAct definitely has the ability to just, like, stop that. You know, you, you, you're you at your front door, and you're like, all right, I'm going on a seven-mile run, and I want to I wanna hit this landmark and then find my way back. So my question is, is seeing as, you know, this is super specific to wherever the runner is, mm-hmm. does the technology allow to – for does the technology know like up to date things like road closures or like detours or maybe like this road isn't really great there's not like a lot of sidewalks like does it have that kind of google map mind it does and it's you know it's powered by one of the big map companies and so we you know developed the technology around what we wanted to do and the dev team wrote the algorithm, but we're not 
we're not providing the maps. It's coming from a big group um, with Scobbler. Mm-hmm. And it isn't always 100% correct, but it is most of the time providing you with up-to-date maps. Um, and based on the way that our algorithm is written, um, it's also looking for very pedestrian-friendly routes. It's not taking you, um, you know, as some of the other providers do, it's not taking you on city streets. It's identifying, hey, I'm at Lake Harriet, and I know there's a pedestrian path that goes around the entire lake um, and then drops down into Lake Calhoun and along to Lake of the Isles. Instead of taking you on the road, why don't I put you on this pedestrian-specific or bike-specific path and give you a much more enjoyable process? Mm -hmm. That's really great. I am so excited to start running again so I can try this out. Um, especially here, I mean, I, I recently moved, um, I'm very lucky where I live just a block from the water. So there's a beautiful running path along that, you know, you look onto the New York skyline Wow. and I appreciate that very much. And I sound terrible saying that, but after a while, it just get it, it does get a little old running up. Okay. All right. I need to do eight miles. So I'll run up four and then I'll turn around and I'll run back four. You know, so, and also I never really explore west of that running path because I don't right. really know where I'm going to go. I don't know where I'm going. And the last thing I need is to get lost. And I feel like Fast Sack has that ability where I could just like tell the technology I want to run eight miles and I want to run west of my apartment and um, come back. <laughs> to my apartment right. and that's it and I let I all I have to do is do it all I have to do well, is run and that's just it I mean a lot you know as you say there are there are other players in the field and some of them require that you sit down at your desktop and do a whole lot of planning well my life doesn't always permit for a whole lot of planning and I'm the same as you I mean we live in a beautiful city that is so runner friendly and has a phenomenal running community But fact of the matter is, sometimes when I step out my door, I am so bored with the running route that I've been doing that I want the ability to enter in a distance and and to pull it up in seconds and see something new. You know, even if it's just a slight tweak on what I'm doing or it takes me in a different direction, I haven't had to think it through. I've got somewhere new and different to see. And and that alone can be a a motivation uh, to, to move out the door. I agree. I agree. When you know you're going to see something different, it's it definitely is motivation to get out the door. Absolutely. And I have a, a friend, acquaintance out in Portland who has been kind of testing it with us from the get-go. And, you know, she said the same thing to me, that I've lived here for 10 years and I entered in, you know, a 10-mile distance and it took me somewhere that I had never seen. And it's just, it's enough to, to push you out the door and, and, and get you moving if you don't have a running group or you just, you just need something new on any given day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're still new and we're developmental and we have glitches, but, you know, it's, it's me and a development team and I'm accessible and, and I want people's feedback, yeah. um, you know, good, bad, and ugly. And, you know, that's, that's been a learning process to kind of develop that thick skin that mm-hmm. people will come back with feedback that's maybe not what you want to hear, but you're in a consumer market now and you want to make the best possible, you know, app or product for people to use. And 
it's not personal. It's, it's if I'm going to pay you money or if I'm going to try your app as a freemium app, I'd like it to work. And this is what I'd like to see. And, and I, we're trying as hard as we can. <laughs> yeah. And I definitely applaud you for that because that's my day job is working directly with developers, working on, um, different products. And I, right now I'm at pure wow, which is a woman's lifestyle publisher, which, and we create really custom, um, a lot, I mean, aside from many other things we do on the site, we create really custom features for clients and beautiful microsites where we feature, you know, like skin products or fashion or whatever. Um, before that I was at a similar job where a part of the task was creating apps, um, for some clients or, uh, full websites. And this, even when you're in a totally professional landscape where you're working with like 20 engineers, there will always be a bug. There will always be a glitch and there will always be negative or like tough feedback. Yes. And you know, when I was working on a, on a product, you know, it's, it isn't my baby. It's my product and I care about it very much. I would still get, I would still have to work on like my sensitivity to be like, okay, it's a bug. We'll fix it. it this isn't because right. I'm negligent. This is because we have a lot going on and right. you know, and I can't even imagine when it's something that's like came out of your brain and now is a real thing. And there's feedback. You're like, okay, I appreciate that. But like, you don't know what it's like. Right. I just, I just want it to work. And you know, it wasn't developed because you know, I, I wanted to create some like, you know, monster company. It was like, this is something I want to use and develop. And so you do feel it very deeply and, um, you know, you want people to be gentle with you, but then you understand that things don't get better if they don't tell you what's going on for them and, and you, you don't try and figure out how to fix it. But yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. It's like a kid. You don't want anybody to criticize your kid, but sometimes they need, you know, a good talking to. Yup. <laughs> That's a great way of putting it. Um, so, okay, let's move on just slightly. I want to talk yeah. about fun stuff. Um, and then I'll let you get back to your afternoon and your Friday and your weekend. Um, so since Fast Act launched, what are, what are your favorite go-to settings when you're going out on a run? Oh, gosh. You know, I love the ability to enter in a distance and have it generate a route, but the feature that I really love, um, is the drop down menu that, um, you know, you can go in there and enter statue of Liberty or, um, you know, the big one in Minneapolis is the cherry on a spoon or sculpture garden. So you can type things in, but it's also fun to just scroll through and see parks and trails, um, and landmarks that, you know, even after being here for 20 years, I didn't know existed. And, you know, have it generate a route and then be able to go in and edit it and move things around. So, you know, maybe I'm a run dork, but I really love seeing something new as I'm out on my run and I find it, you know, entertaining and invigorating. So I would say definitely that drop down menu of landmarks is one of my favorites. I like that too. That's actually a great idea. Um, it reminds me of when I was training in the summer. Uh, again, I would be doing this in a hacky way. And yeah. I was thinking like, okay, well, I really want, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to do the same loop around Central Park. 
I want to go to Brooklyn, but I don't know how I'm going to do that. And I would just think of geographically the, the cool places in Brooklyn I want to see. And then in my mind or on Map My Run, I would like connect it um, when there is actually on the horizon <laughs> a different... Who would have known? That's me. <laughs> No, exactly. And, you know, there are, there are so many things that you, you know, even in your own city that you don't know or you don't see, like we discovered a park nearby us called Quaking Bog. I mean, who would have thought there was a place called Quaking Bog and how on earth would you have ever found it? But it's beautiful to run that way. It's attached to the chain of lakes and who would have known? Yeah. Um, out of all the places you haven't run yet, what is a wish list place for you to go on a run? Oh gosh, wish in in my own city or anywhere in the world. Anywhere in the world. Wow, that's a good question. You know, I think it would be fun to run Paris and to yeah. see all the sights as you go and, you know, in my in my dream in in addition to fast act pulling up these sights that you could see, you know, I have this like travel um, dream where it would like also pop up. And as I run by, it's going to give me like a two cents and blurb about what the place is and what I'm seeing. So, um, that would be my dream. Yeah. I was in Paris last summer and, um, it was in the middle of my training for the New York city marathon. And, you know, I had such big dreams that I would run every day because it's so beautiful. And how could you not, but the combination of jet lag and like really rich food and sure, like really good wine. Like I would wake up every morning and be like, I'm on vacation. Um, yeah. So there were two days that I did get up and I ran and um, also it was August. So it was really hot. So Ooh. I had, I had enough excuses to not do it, but um, there are two days that I did do it. I was just so mad that I didn't do it the five days before because it was, this, the, the city, the empty city, like at 7 a.m. And there would be like butchers coming in with like fresh meat. And like there, it was just like seeing the co little commotion of the city in the morning and like the beautiful squares. I mean, it was definitely one of the most beautiful, beautiful places I've ever ran. And um, I would be walking those squares in the middle of the day, but it was just such a special experience like run through those gardens and there's really only people walking to work and like those people are walking to work oh my god they get to see this every morning this is their commute <laughs> exactly well if there's you know I think what you're saying is spot on that there's something magical about running a city and discovering new neighborhoods and discovering you know geography that you didn't know was there that's not on the beaten path and my favorite time to run is that early morning just like you're sharing because whatever city you're in, it's quiet and you feel like you have a leg up on your day. Like this, this exercise, this activity, this exploration, it's done. And then you can just go out and enjoy and take it all in. Yeah. Um, what is your favorite pre-race meal? Oh my gosh. Really different. <laughs> I can't even think of the last time that I've thought ahead to have a pre-race meal. Um, <laughs> Probably back in high school, I am sure that I would have been the spaghetti and meatball yeah. person. Love me a but, good pasta party. Oh, my gosh, <laughs> I tell you. And, you know, my, my mom and that side of the family are Italian, so I'm sure that would have been 
a pretty um, familiar meal. With the kids now, it's kind of a toss-up. Whatever I can get in my mouth before someone calls my name <laughs> is is usually the, the pre, pre-race meal. How, um, how old are your children? Um, let's see. Izzy is 14. Zach is... 11. He's, he's our fast Zach. That's where yeah, the name came I from. Yeah, I about that. That's so great. Yeah. And then uh, Josh is eight. Oh, so they keep fun. us busy. Yeah, but funny. <laughs> but Zach was the kid I was pregnant with when this all kind of started coming to life. And, and I think somebody joked, like, why not call it fast Zach? Um, and so it just stuck. And I've had a lot of people say to me, I don't understand the name. That doesn't mean anything. And then you tell them the story and they say, oh, I get it. Now it makes sense. And, um, and so, you know, different companies have tried to sway us like, oh, should you change the name? No, I, you know, it, it's meaningful to me. And, and hopefully it, it, you know, becomes that, that empty vessel that transcends the name and, and just becomes synonymous with routing apps. Oh, I mean, if you think about the stuff we use every day and their names, Right, just like <laughs> no one's questioning Uber. <laughs> exactly. I from? mean, my gosh, yeah. So you know, one can dream big, and you just got to stick to your plan. Yeah, I agree. Um, what is your favorite race that you've ever done? Favorite race? You know, I dream of running the Twin Cities Marathon because the course is so beautiful, and it runs by our house, and the crowds are phenomenal. I love that. Because it would require training through the summer, I have not done it. Um, my Probably the favorite one that I've done has been Grandma's Marathon. Um, it's up in Duluth in um, along the water of mm-hmm. uh, Lake Superior. And you go, they take you out in a bus all the way to the start line, and then you run back along the water and through downtown Duluth and um, into the, the lift bridge area. And it's just it's kind of a surreal experience and, and probably familiar for other people. But when I'm running those distances, I kind of go into this like twilight zone mode, um, where you just, you're so like hyper-focused. And so just to be running along the water with those crowds of people and, and to cheer, um, you know, the, the crowds that cheer you when you come into town is just a really amazing experience. I've heard a lot about that, uh, marathon. I, I think I just follow a lot of people who train for it. Um, and I, I love the name. Uh, I love my grandma. Yeah, so. exactly. Um, well, uh, and it's, it's named to my knowledge and, and don't quote me here cause I could be entirely wrong, but there's a, a restaurant called grandma's, um, oh. that's kind of at the finish line and they have, you know, amazing burgers and there's one, um, in Duluth, and I believe there's one on the campus at the University of Minnesota. So I could be wrong, but I think that's where its its name came from. That's so sweet. I love that even more now. <laughs> but I could be telling a lie. So, well, you know, you might want to fact check maybe me. Maybe I'll fact check you. Maybe I won't. <laughs> there you go. Maybe I'll stick with that. Um, and then my last question is, is that if you could go on a long run with anyone, who would it be? Oh, my gosh. A long run with anyone. These are some hard questions. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I would, you know, I, I would love to collect all of the kind of generations of women in 
my family. So, you know, my daughter, my mom, grandmothers, you know, and, and just have kind of a powwow women's run where you can catch up historically. And, you know, I think so many great conversations come out when you're on a run, mm-hmm. um, when you're not looking at people and just to have, you know, a regular running group that involved family members, um, would be phenomenal. I, I look at the likes of, um, you know, a Jordan Hesse and Shalane Flanagan and all of these runners who had family members and moms who were, were talented, amazing runners, and they started running with them as children. And I think, what a phenomenal experience would that be? Just the bonding that occurs. And certainly, I'm sure there's angst that comes out of it, but those are really strong relationships and teaching girls and women such a powerful message of athleticism and strength and just, you know, your ability to accomplish something I think is so important. So yeah, I would love that. Does your daughter like to run? She is just getting back into it. Um, when she was younger, I used to coach, um, back before girls on the run. Um, I used to coach their elementary school running team and, she loved it then, and she was a really big fan of Kara uh, Goucher, and she, you know, kind of read all those books and got into it and then phased out of it and is just now getting back interested where she'll wake up on a Saturday morning and say, can we go on a run or, you know, on a weeknight, let's go out and get a couple miles in. So it's a great time, you know, especially as she's in her teenage years to yeah. feel like, we've got this time together. That's just us. And she can say whatever's on her mind. I love that. And I, I hope that if, um, I have children, I can do that with them too, because I think that running has given me specifically so much self-confidence and even in high school and much more so now when I can actually acknowledge that, Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, it's something important that, when you're growing up to have something like that to lean on. So I think that's so great that she's running and liking it. And, you know, even if it's just casual now, who knows what it can grow into, especially when she gets into her late teens and her twenties, it's just been such a huge part of my life. Absolutely. And I think it's such a transferable skill. And I think about the number of relationships that I've had that have come through running and, you know, the women that I know now who, you know, even in our thirties and forties, we have, a bond, regardless of what our life looks during the daytime, that we can come together and run, and you just feel a connection that, as busy as our world is, is is super important to have. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, so on that note, I want to say thank you so much for making the time. I know it's been tough with our schedules, mainly my weird schedule, but um, thank you so much, and I'm so glad we got to connect. And I love Fastback and what you're doing with it. And I can't wait to start using it again when I can run. Awesome. Well, I appreciate the time. And, you know, give us any feedback. I hope anyone who's listening gives us feedback. Yes. And uh, we want to make it the best. And we, we so appreciate being, to be part, being able to be part of this. Awesome. Well, have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you soon. Fabulous. Thanks so much. Bye.